Jesus. You are worthy of my praise. You are worthy of my praise. You are the mighty God. You are the Lord of all creation. You are the maker of heaven and earth this morning. And I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Amen. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. You may be seated. It's good to have Brother and Sister Becker and their family with us this morning. Amen. It's good to have everybody in the house of the Lord again today. What a beautiful day. Amen. Who would ever thought, huh? God is good. Amen. Well, we want to get right into our discipleship class again this morning. And we've been looking at this epistle of Jude here. Now, last week, amen, we was kind of laying a little foundation to try to find out who Jude was. Amen. And when we look at Luke chapter 6, amen, real quick, we'll run through this real quick uh, to give you a little uh, foredrop here. Luke chapter 6, verse 13. Amen. Luke chapter 6. Verse 13, getting a feel of the apostles that Jesus chosen. Amen. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples of them. He chose twelve, whom also he named apostles, Simon, whom he also named Peter, and Andrew, his brother. How would you like to go through life being called Peter's brother? (laughs) James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James the son of Aphaeus and his son, and Simon called Zealots, and Judas, the brother of James, and that's the one we want to focus on, and, and Judas, uh, a scarab, which was also a traitor. Now go back to Matthew chapter 10, Matthew chapter 10, verse 1 through 4. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases. Now the names of the twelve apostles were the, are these, the first Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the publican, James the son of Aphaeus, and Lebius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. Now, there in verse 3, notice James, the son of Aphaeus, and Labius, whose surname was Thaddeus, also. Amen. Now, go to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Matthew chapter 10. We have 1 through 3. Okay, good. I mean, Acts chapter 1, verse 13. My mistake. Y'all keep me in line, all right? As long as you don't start throwing stones, I'll be okay, all right? (laughs) Acts chapter 1, verse 13. And when they were coming to the upper, went up into the upper room, where aboded Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, and James, the son of Aphaeus, and Simon, Zalot, and Judas, the brother of James. Amen. So we see that to understand which apostle now is right in this book, it is Jude. 
Amen. Or Thaddeus. His name means Thaddeus, which is Laban or uh, Thaddeus there. Uh, it, his name means uh, big heart. Amen. And so usually when we are talking about the disciples or the apostles and we're reading through scriptures, you don't see a lot about the other apostles. Usually it's always James and John and Andrew, uh, or, or Peter. You don't see them talking a lot about the other apostles. But Jude here is Thaddeus, according to scripture, and he's the one that is writing this letter uh, to the church here. And if you notice, Jude springs out with some things here that we need to look at. Amen. First of all, he says, Jude, the servant of Christ and the brother of James. So to some degree, I, I think Jude is trying to gain some kind of credibility here so that as the author of the book, he will draw your attention to who he is so he will gain some credibility. It's kind of like being an author. A lot of times, if you ever notice an author, he will put something on the back of the book about the book, but usually a little bit about who they are and what they have done to give some credibility so you'll really want to read the book. Even if it's going to be on the back cover or somewhere in the front of the book to try to get you to understand, uh, maybe you will get to know uh, who he is by what he is saying there. And this is what I feel that Jude is trying to bring to our attention because if you notice through the writings in the gospel, he's known as the brother of James. Amen. So when you read throughout the gospel, he's always kind of like Andrew. Andrew is always known as the brother of Simon Peter when you when you read it in Scripture. So Jude is kind of like mentioned as the brother of James here. And so therefore, it would give them credibility to the church. They're writing, okay, oh yeah, okay, James was the first bishop of the church of the New Testament. And so his brother is writing this. So we can pretty much take it as gospel because he was with the Lord. Lord as well. If you notice the men that Jesus chosen, they're all kind of cousins or related to some degree when you look at them. Even when you get in Scripture, you find that Matthew is even named the son of Aphaeus, you know. So, I, you know, so it, it begins to show that they are all related to some degree. Now, what's the purpose of that? Is Jesus trying to show us that he wants everything to be in the family? Uh, we, once we come into the church, we are baptized in Jesus' name. We are filled with the Holy Ghost. We become part of the family of God. And so we are all together here. Amen. So Jude begins to talk to us here that he's the brother of James to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved and Jesus Christ and called. Notice the four things that he mentions here in this passage. First, he's a servant. If you notice, all Jesus' apostles that write, they're always related themselves to no position. They're always identified as the servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. When you look at Isaiah 43, 10, the Lord said, You are my witnesses and my servants whom I have called. We are called to serve. Amen. We're not called to elevate ourselves to some positions. We're called to serve in the kingdom of God. Amen. And we are servants. Where did they get this from? Well, Jesus had told them the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to minister and give himself a ransom for the people. Amen. So we must have a 
servant's heart and a servant's mind and a servant's responsibility in the kingdom of God. Paul writing to Timothy, he would tell Timothy that the servants of the Lord must not strive, but they must be gentle to all men, apt to teach, patience, opposing them that uh, instructing them that oppose themselves, that they may cover themselves out of the snares of the devil who has taken them captive at will. Second Timothy chapter two there. Amen. So we are servants of God. Amen. So no matter what I do, I am a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says he's sanctified. Amen. In other words, he's set apart. He's holy. He's set apart. He's called, amen, to be sanctified, to prepare himself for the use of God. Paul writing to the church at Corinth in the 6th chapter, he says, For such were some of you, but you've been baptized, but you've been washed, you've been justified, you've been sanctified by the Lord Jesus in the knowledge of our God. So we're sanctified to for a purpose or set apart for the kingdom of God. He says he's preserved. Amen. He means he's, he's in Christ, and so therefore as long as we stay in Christ, we are preserved uh, in Christ. Paul told the church at Thessalonica in the fifth chapter in the 23rd verse, he, he puts it this way, that very God of peace, amen, the very God of peace, the Lord Jesus Christ, sanctify you wholly, amen, that your whole mind, body, soul, and spirit be preserved blameless until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. So we are preserved in Christ. As long as we stay in him, we are preserved. You know what Jesus calls you in Matthew five thirteen, right? The salt of the earth. And what does salt do? It preserves things. So we need to be that preservative that God has for us. And we're called. Amen. What has he called us for? To make him known. Amen. We're called to make this gospel known to a lost and a dying world. We are to go forth and to minister the truth of God's word. So Jude says, I am servant, I am sanctified, I am preserved, and I am called. And then he goes on in verse 2. He says, mercy unto you in peace and love be multiplied. Amen. Grow in these things. Let love, let mercy, let peace. It is of the Lord's mercy that we're not consumed. His mercies fail not. They're new every morning. So we want to make sure that mercy is constantly springing up in us. Because the more mercy I have, the more peace I have. And the more peace I have, the more love I have. We just keep adding these things more and more unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then Jude touches on a subject here in the third verse. He says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and to exalt you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. Amen. You've got to stay with the common salvation. If you notice throughout Scripture, they all have the same salvation. 
we all has the same salvation. If you say you're in the church and you're in truth, then you should have the same salvation that the apostles of Jesus Christ has. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is to you, to your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. There's not three ways to be saved. There's not four ways to be saved. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. There is only one way of salvation. Jesus says, no man come unto the Father but by me. Amen. Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name in the heaven given unto men whereby we must be saved. Amen. So why did you feel that he need to focus on the common salvation? Why did he spring out with this First and foremost. Now we want to drop back a little bit. You remember I told you the purpose of all these epistles is the number one to do what? Add to our joy. Number two, guard us against sin. Number three, to guard us against false teachers. Number four, to strengthen our faith and to ensure that we know that we have eternal life, right? So we, got, we can't ever forget that. We've got to constantly be reminded of who we are. And this is why the, the epistles, are, to me, are being written. They are books of reminders. That's why you don't, you don't find salvation uh, in, in the epistles. See, they have, the church has already been saved according to the book of Acts. See, so the letters is just written to keep you in remembrance, keep your mind stayed on Christ, to show you where you came from, how what you have. This is why the book of Deuteronomy is so important to the children of Israel. It's a book of remembrance. That's why Moses is saying, you know, don't forget God. It's constantly is a reminder. And it's the same pickup. In the epistles, that's all they're doing. Don't forget God. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget what you got, how you got here. Because they're going to be, as Jesus had already told them, that false teachers was going to come and try to lead them astray and lead them wrong. Even Paul says, after my departure, he told Timothy, there's going to come men in, you know, of corrupt minds that's going to try to lead men away after their own selves. Amen. So the the warning signs, the third reason to guard us against false teachers is here. Amen. And so we have to realize this so that we keep our minds stayed upon Christ. As Isaiah said, he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. So Jude in this third verse is, is, is calling us to the common salvation to bring us back to remembrance. Because if the enemy can distort or miscrew your salvation to get you to think that there's something else or something different, he can deceive you. He can cause you to go astray. See, so we, we need to realize we got to know what I got. Amen. This is why Paul told the church, Timothy 2.15, he says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the words of truth. 
So Jude says here, they had the common salvation. Now notice verse 4. He says, for there are certain men crept in unaware who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying our only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. They're denying Christ. See, you, you can misconstrue and take grace for the wrong purpose. See, some people are teaching that, you know, you're saved by grace, and so therefore you can never lose your salvation and all kinds of stuff. You know, there's all kinds of craziness that's out there right now. And so Jude is giving us a warning. He's trying to give us a wake-up call so that we do not be drawn away of our own lust. Amen. Because the enemy is deceitful. He's sly. Amen. He, he's, he's tricky. He, he, he waits to catch you at a vulnerable moment. He likes to wait and catch you, you know, when you think that I don't know. See, when, when he sees that puzzled look on your face like I don't know, he goes, hmm, let me plant a seed of doubt. You know, like with Eve, you know, he says, have God said, Eve, you should not eat from all the trees? He says, no, God says we should not eat of the tree in the mix of God, lest we die. Oh, come on, Eve, you're not going to die. You're going to be like God. He got her to think what God says could be wrong. And that's what happens a lot of times. You know, just as Brother DeMuth was teaching, and we talked about this last Sunday, true and false question. One word can change the whole, from truth to error. And that's why I said, that's why the teachers give you true and false questions, because they want to make sure you know. Either you know it or you don't. You might guess, <laughs> and you might get it right, but you might guess and get it wrong, too. See, that's why you've got to know it verbatim, word for word. You know, when I was an instructor for Bible quizzing, you know, I, it, it was amazing to me to watch those kids as young as they were. Amen. I mean, you one kid misquote the scripture, leave out an and or a but or as, and immediately they hit that buzzer, you know, contest and i'm going contest the what you know and they go to their coach and says he did he left out ass or he left out if you know or whatever and they run the tape back and listen to what the kid said to see if he did actually leave out you know and most of the time those young kids would be correct Amen. And, and, and as a coach, I mean, you got to the point to where you made sure that those kids said it verbatim, just like it was in the King James Version of the Bible. Because, I mean, you can lose a 30-point question just like that. So we have to know it. We've got to study this. We've got to know it because the enemy will come in. He will come in to try to lead us astray 
and leave us down the wrong path and the wrong way. So Jude says, for certain men has crept up unaware, amen, who were before ordained. They had this once before, but now, amen, these are ungodly men, amen. They are coming in and they're teaching them that immoral living is okay. If you notice some of the mainline churches today, they don't preach against sin, amen. They don't, they don't talk about sin. They don't tell you the danger of sin. Amen. They just let their congregations continue down the road. Amen. But we're called by the Lord to warn against sin. Amen. We must preach against sin. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor idolaters, nor effeminates, nor abusers with themselves, with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 12. Some of you, but what? You've been washed. In other words, you got baptized in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And by the Spirit of our God. See, we are risen, according to Romans 6, to walk in newness of life. For we have been planted in together in the likeness of his death. We should be also in the likeness of his resurrection. And so the warning you give here is to give us a wake-up call. Amen. So we must also understand that because of these uncertain teachers and, and false teachers coming in, it's important that we understand the doctrine of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We've got to know what was taught. And that's why the, they are giving us a constant wake-up call here. Amen. To know that we had a common salvation. Amen. To add to our joy, to warn us against sin, to warn us against false teachers, to strengthen our faith, and to ensure us of eternal life. Amen. So Paul even tells the churches in Romans sixteen seventeen. he says, Mark them, which calls off is contrary to the doctrine which you received, and avoid them. We saw last month in James, I mean John, John says if they don't bring this doctrine, don't bid them farewell. You know, we, there's there's the doctrine of Christ. And that's why Paul says in Ephesians 4.11 that he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come into the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, to the perfect man, to the fullness of the statute of Christ, that we be no more children tossed to and for and cared about with every wind of Doctrine. Amen. See, when a false teacher comes, he's coming with false doctrine. False teachings. See? And so you have to know the truth. See? So that you are not led astray. You have to keep your relationship with God intact. Now notice verse 5, what Jude says. See, because this is going to happen... Notice what he says in verse 5. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this. You already know. Now notice what he said. Though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. He's trying to give us a wake-up call. He says, listen. You need to realize that 
God has no problem with taking you out. <laughs> you know, he, he says, so you need, he says, you know this. He says, you remember now, God brought Israel out. Amen. And he took them in the wilderness, but with many of them, the writer says in Hebrews, God was not well pleased. For many of them, they were overthrown in the wilderness. Notice what Paul writing to the church at Corinth in the 10th chapter. Uh, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Start with verse 1. 1 Corinthians 10. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers was under the cloud and all passed through the sea and was all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. But with many of them God was not well pleased for they was overthrown in the wilderness. Now, these things were our example to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted, neither be idolaters as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell one day 23,000. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of the serpent. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and was destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happen unto them for an example, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore let him think he stand, take heed, let his he fall. There have no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now notice what they are giving us warnings here. They're taking us back now to the story, how God brought Israel out. Amen. He brought them out. He took them through the wilderness. But because they would never believe, they never stayed with what God was saying. And so as a result, many of them lost their lives. They start to fornicate. They started uh, hanging out with the enemy. They start doing wrong. They had a common salvation. Can I put it that way? Amen. Notice what he said. They all had the same meat. They all ate manna. They all drank from the rock. They all, amen, had quail. Amen. They all had the same thing. All of them was brought out of the world. They all passed through the Red Sea. It was a form of type and shadow, Paul says, a baptism. Amen. They had the cloud over their head, which is a type and shadow of spiritual baptism. They had the same thing. But notice what he said. With many of them, God was not well pleased. Now, when you get to the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, the right of Hebrews, tell us what happened. He said they never mixed the word of God with their faith. They never mixed what God said with their faith. And as a result, they fell. See, we have to take God's word at face value. Jesus says, search the scripture. For in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Amen. So we have to take God's word at face value. So here Paul has said many of them fell. 
who, who deceived them, who showed them the wrong way. You know, it's kind of like with Lot. You know, you leave your kids in, 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 in a cesspool pretty soon, they're going to start taking on that way. You know, you have to train them up in the way that they should go so that when they're old, they will not depart from it. Notice Peter's writing to the church in the third chapter of Second Peter, Second Peter chapter 3. Where is my time getting to me? Oh, my goodness. Starting with uh, verse, let's start with verse 1. This is the second epistle, beloved, that I now write unto you, in both which I want to stir up your mind, and what? By ways of remembrance. Notice. He says, let me, let me bring something back to your mind again. He says, let me bring you back to remembrance here. Because you're getting away. You're going away down the wrong path. So it's a remembrance call. That's what the, the epistles are really designed to do. All of the Bible, if you really want to know it, <laughs> is, is trying to give us a wake-up call and a mind to remind us who we are. You know, when you got baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, you left that side of the world. Okay? Now you're supposed to stay in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. See, so you are new creatures now in Christ, and your focus and your walk now is with Jesus. It's not with the world. Amen. The world is going to pull you. The world is going to tug at your heart. The world is going to try to get you. Satan is going to try to get you to come back. Amen. To the old ways of life. But let me encourage you. Hang on to Jesus. Amen. you got something better that's waiting for you. So Peter said, let me uh, stir you up again here by ways of remembrance that you may be mindful of the words uh, which was spoken before by the holy prophets uh, of the commandments of the, us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first. That there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they are willingly or ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the waters and in the waters whereby the world that were then was being overflowed with water perish. He's talking about Noah here. Amen. The first Noah, the first world that God created was destroyed by floods. So he's given us a remembrance here of that. Amen. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word of God are kept in store reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and prediction of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant. There's that word again. Notice Paul said the same thing. Don't be ignorant. Don't be stupid. Don't be dumb. Of this one thing, that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. 
The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some people count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasten unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall murk with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we are according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace, without spot and blame. And account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you, as unto all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, and which are sometimes hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do all the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing that ye know these things, beware, lest you also being led away with the errors of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ to him be glory both now and forever amen so they give us a wake-up call here to not be ignorant amen don't think you can come into church become a christian and then still live for the world you can't do that You are called to be holy. Notice what Jude says. I am a servant. I am sanctified. I am preserved. And I am called. So when God called us out, we have to let that side of the world go. Amen. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life, is not of the Father. It is of the world and The world is going to pass away. And this is what Peter is saying. The heavens and earth which are now is reserved for fire. And this cat don't plan on getting burnt. (laughs) I plan on getting out of here. (laughs) Amen. For the Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and a trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And those of us who remain shall be caught up. To be with the Lord in the air. Wherefore, comfort one another. So Jude is trying to get us on the mindset, like the other apostles, amen, to remember what God has done for you. Amen. Remember your salvation. If anybody bring any other doctrine than baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, amen, and living a holy and godly and separated life, put an X over them and mark them. Because if you're not careful, you can be led astray. Amen. Well, we want to take a small break. Amen. Here for our next section. Praise God. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word of comfort this morning, God. Your word of strength and power and love and all that you do for us, God. I truly appreciate you for your people. I pray, God, that you would continue to touch those under the sound of my voice this morning, oh God. And be in our other part of the day, Lord God, continue to touch your church, oh God. Minister in every place. And we thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take a small.